We uh, this will be this will be we will talk about spoilers in this recording, I believe, right, Matt? You're oh yeah. That? Yes. If if you haven't seen Barbarian, push pause, go see Barbarian, and then come push play. Oh okay, my god! So many surprises, so many mm-hmm. surprises that were absolutely just mind bending. The life of the actor, it never ends. That's why you listen to Freelance Pretend with Missy Pyle and Chris Grace and friends. Matt, Chris and I went to the former Arclight today to see your movie. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Chris, I don't think I can do this. I haven't seen a horror movie in... 20 years but um i looked up who you played in the movie and i was like i have to see this i have to (laughs) see this i read your article in variety about (laughs) your ass out (laughs) yeah going it was ass out that's right ass out right and i was like i you were talked about prosthetics and having to do castings in this article in variety and it yeah, was. They, did a, they did a cast of my head and then a uh-huh. cast of my chest and then a uh-huh. cast of my crotch. And then uh, <laughs> they sent all that from L.A. to Bulgaria, you know, no as you do. Sure. And then yeah. uh, when I got to Bulgaria, they're like, wait a minute, we need a cast of his ass. And okay. then, but at that point, there was a language barrier. And so I got, I arrived, I thought we were just doing a makeup test and he like, is like, blah, 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 like gives me a little thong. I'm like, oh, what are we doing? And then oh I realized, oh, they're taking a cast of my butt. That is <laughs> so incredible. Yeah. Um, I have had, I did a show called Why the Last Man where I had a mastectomy scar. So I had to do a cast of my chest. And at one point they put like two of C stands on either side and I just held to on to them as someone like, they mashed my boobs down like so many times. There were, like three people just pushing them down. And then I just stood there. So I, I understand a little bit, but your crotch. So Matt, you alluded to the fact that the whole thing was in Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. Um, which, so I was telling Missy, my experience of this whole thing was that last year you were like, oh, I'm going to Bulgaria to shoot this thing. Oh my God. And... You know, with your friends when it's like, hey, I'm going to go do this fun project or I'm doing a job or whatever. You're kind of like, okay, well, Matt went to Bulgaria um, and uh, we'll just, you know, he's probably working on some project we'll never hear about or whatever. No one's ever going to see it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Chances are it's going to be bad. (laughs) It'll be like a fun thing I did. Oh, free trip to Bulgaria. Got to see that. But chances are, yeah, it'll be dropped on a streamer maybe or not even or to be bad yeah so it's a Cut to, it's miracle. The, like it wasn't it the the number one movie in america this week in the country yes oh, yes my god and this past weekend it was number two so i've had to deal with that uh, oh no i'm drop. so sorry oh god yeah. Mi- yeah missy missy what number one movies have you been in i don't want to talk about me every right now <laughs> <laughs> at least <laughs> I've never, I, I think the only, I don't know, maybe Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was. Oh, yeah, probably Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Who I, who I, uh, who I, at the movie theater today, I asked the lady at the popcorn. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> this is like, uh, I mean, it was like my dad came up from the grave and was like, uh, excuse me, young lady, do you know she was in a movie? That was you, Chris. You did I that, you Chris? Like, yeah, I enjoyed it. I did. I enjoyed doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> my dad my dad did that over the weekend. I was in San Diego seeing it with my family. And then at the end of the movie, there were people still watching the credits. And then my dad was like, that was the mother. And they're like, uh-huh. And he's like, no, yeah. that was that was the mother. And then they like, their eyes widened. And they're like, oh, fuck, dude, you're so freaky. I'm sorry for my language. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I love that your dad did that. That's, it's so yeah. But that is a dad thing to do, Chris. It's so yes, amazing and creepy at the same time. You're like, come on, but it's so, so sweet. It's so you're so proud. And you are incredible. I mean, you are. I mean, it's out of control. There's. I've never seen anything like what you did in that movie. Thank you. Holy shit, man! The movie itself. I just. Well, I think honestly, the way that you feel about the mother at the very end of the movie is like 
one of the bigger achievements of that movie is like yeah. you actually kind of feel sympathetic towards the mother by the end. <laughs> I was so grateful. I, like absolutely. that was early on. Uh, Zach, the writer and director, Zach Gregor, he was he was like research feral children, which I didn't even really know what that meant. But it's oh real, like kids raised in cages or raised like animals or never spoken to in their formative years and therefore oh, like fuck. never learn to speak and stuff and that just like explained how she's a nonverbal character and it just made me like oh I empathize with this character this isn't just like a scary person that goes boo mm-hmm. yeah so I was very grateful for that uh, I will also say I think this movie holds up quite well under second view yeah so people who you have see seen new it, things yeah I mean you've seen it a lot uh, I've seen by it now eight probably eight times now yeah. eight times <laughs> now <Wow>. yeah <laughs> Three press screenings, three times last weekend, and then two times this week. Okay, good. Holy shit. I mean, it really is like nothing I've ever experienced. And what's really funny is, um, you know, I read all the spoilers because I was like, I'm not going in there not knowing every fucking thing that happens. Right, because you are horror squeamish. So scared. You needed to know all the spoilers. I didn't think I would make it through, and it was Mm -hmm. still fucking terrifying mm. and like i only had to leave one time <laughs> you left? when did you leave i left right before justin long's character is introduced oh, well, so right, right, right when right, you yeah, right, right when you showed up happens right right when you sh- but i saw you i only saw you for a glimpse i was like oh shit but that, so then i had to make sure i stayed but i saw <laughs> i saw what you were doing and i was you saw like what oh. i did to bill Yes, I saw like glimpses of it. Okay, from behind, I literally was hiding behind a wall, and I had to come back <laughs> for it. Well, thank uh, you for your sacrifice. Incredible. I mean, it's an oh. absolutely incredible opening. I don't think I've ever, I know an actor that has had an <laughs> an introduction quite like that. Yeah, that was a wild first day on set. That was your first day. Yeah, so I had to like meet Bill Skarsgård, <sighs> and I had just watched the two it movies and so i was like oh he's delivered like the one of the iconic prosthetics performances of the decade uh uh no pressure matt and but luckily he was very very nice and was like i'm glad you're under the prosthetics and not me because they suck (laughs) um yeah and then i I did yeah i did think about a lot of what you were doing you know with um I mean, how much of that, how much of your body is in prosthetics? I know. When I read the script, I pictured a full body suit. Um, right. But then on the first Zoom call with Zach, the writer director, he was like, Is this anything you'd even want to do? And I'm like, Why? Because prosthetics are uncomfortable. And he's like, No, because you'd be naked, man. Ass out. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. Well, but you know, I'm not a. Uh, woman uh, right. so it won't be naked naked so anyways but it was a lot of me uh, it was a prosthetic on my head a prosthetic on my chest but it was like my stomach and then it was a weird merkin thing on my crotch but it was like a thong and so I, my butt was out <laughs> and my back and my legs and my arms it was weird it was weird excited. how I got used to it yeah <laughs> I'm sure. And, and you just at like craft services, just getting a cliff bar. You must yeah. have had a robe or something. They gave me a robe. They did. And did you wear like some slippers? Yeah, I had little slippy sandals, you know, to keep my, <laughs> keep my footsies safe. Um, we were doing night shoots. It was cold. Oh my God. It does, <laughs> it does sound like a lot. Like when you were in the... Um, I guess, I mean, this is spoilers, but when you're in the, first of all, I mean, it's the movie is, first of all, Justin Long starts talking to this woman on the phone. And I realized it's one of my best friends, this Brooke Dillman, she's also been on the show. And oh, then awesome. I realized that um, the director is the show that the, the writer director is this guy that Brooke did a show called Wrecked With right. um, for three years, three seasons. So I've met him before. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know him very well, but I was like, oh my God, this is that guy. He mm-hmm. made this. So, and he's um, lovely and he's a very talented actor. I had no idea the idea too, that fa- he told you to look up feral children. I can't even. I know. Just how, was, how, go ahead. 
well, it was depressing. <laughs> I don't recommend it. From an actor's perspective, it was fascinating, and uh, but then from a human perspective, it was deeply sad. And and then also probably my YouTube account is flagged. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh wait. So I want to re- just set the table in terms of uh, because I actually didn't do a good job of saying what this movie is and all that stuff. So uh, just to go back a little bit. So we were last year. Matt's like, I'm going to go do this movie, and then this year. Um, Matt was like, hey, uh, we're going to go see the movie. It's in the theaters. It's not streaming, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and then it was a nice thing where um, – sorry, let me turn myself down a little bit. It was a nice thing where um, the movie is actually really good. And it's just like uh, like this – I mean, honestly, at the level or better of like an A24 horror movie that is – extremely well crafted and extremely scary and the writing is so sharp and the cinematography is really effective so it was a thing also where like your friend goes and does something and you don't have to act like it's not amazing right you just you're not like trying to find something good to say about it yeah um Uh, and then to be in the audience when uh this this movie like the audience is kind of go crazy (laughs) when they're watching this and to walk out of the movie theater and sort of feel that like this movie has a strong word of mouth element to it where the first thing you want to do is tell your friend to go see it. And then you also want to tell them to like not read anything about it because you want to talk to them after they've experienced this crazy story with the the way this movie doles out the plot points is so sparingly and, uh, I actually, Matt, I heard you on a podcast uh, before I saw the movie where you were saying like, it's got a couple of hard right turns mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, it really does. And not even like necessarily scary ones, just like resets that are very, um, that leave a big gap between what you've seen and what you're seeing now. And there's a big blank space and you're trying to connect the plot of the first third of the movie to the appearance of Justin Long to the time the flashback to the 80s um and i really love that feeling of uh like here connect these dots <laughs> i also yeah. the also the way that that for, i mean justin long's characters like the, the everything turning on a dime for him in like a matter of minutes not even like in a minute it, it's incredible and then going back to the 80s where that is told so sparingly Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, the, and then the last bit of the movie is really about, I feel like, about your character. <sighs> your character yeah, I heard surviving someone a car on, crash. <laughs> <laughs> surviving a car crash. I know. Yeah. I got hit by a car and rammed into a building. What were you saying you heard somebody say? Well, I heard on a podcast someone saying to Zach, like, how horror movies are all about, you know, the suspense to the reveal. And then once the reveal happens, they kind of like tread water for a while. Like we've seen the monster and we now we know what the mystery is. Okay, now what? And what they were complimenting Zach for is like at each one of those points, there's a hard cut and you go to something completely different. And then it circles back to the house and circles back to the mystery. And then there's another hard cut and then it circles back to the mystery. So it keeps you engaged as opposed to, yeah. But it's also so simple. Like in, Mm -hmm. in, on, you know, that him going to that store and getting things that he needed for a home birth. And then that, that video that she hands him. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, and Chris was like, that was a video that was playing. And I was like, that's pretty high quality for the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it is a tape, I believe. And the tape has hold up, held up very well. But we, know, don't right? know, we don't know. The guy might have captured it to a DVD. Well, you're right. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Maybe he, um, was, maybe he was playing Yeah, they, they could have put some, more, some warbles in that tape, I think. Um, yeah. I did notice a couple little things this time. Mm-hmm. I I think you or my, our friend Joe Porter might have mentioned after seeing it the first time that there's this element where early on she's like, um, you know, I just can't. Oh, she actually says like, I get I got caught in this situation where I was someone's pet, and yeah, 
I can't go back. You know, I should just like stop going back to these men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, then that's like literally what happens like three more times in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, as Missy was yelling at the screen, please don't go back in there. <laughs> right. And then what are her last words to mother before she kills her is I can't go back. I can't yeah. go back. And yeah, it is like about Tess finding her agency. Yeah. And like getting out of this. I mean, yeah. And she's like infantilized in this pit, <laughs> you know? So she like has to <sighs> go to the depths to it was so, emerge. I mean, also just like what's been happening for her. Yeah. And then she is just seeing, like, just she is. I love that the next time you see her, it's been at least I don't even know what the time cut is if it's like a day or two. But my assumption like, is it's. They say the house hasn't been rented for a few weeks. Those right. were the, that was a little detail I picked up this time around. Um, yeah, so I assume it's been a couple weeks. Oh, it's been a. I wasn't sure. You know, it's funny as in my brain, I was like. Does the guy down at the bottom have another website? Then I thought, no, he can't be running that. Anyway. <laughs> right. He actually is like, I don't know. I'm not the, always the smartest tool in the chat. He's, he's running like a VRBO type style business. <laughs> on side. Um, Wait, do you think I, the guy, you think Frank is running the Airbnb? No, there just was a time <laughs> when I thought like, I thought it had only been a couple of days. And so that yeah. somebody else was running that site. Mm. And people were going disappearing from it. Yeah, I mean, anyway. maybe that's maybe the prequel is him uh, setting up his <laughs> Airbnb and VRBO accounts. I mean, it sounds it, fascinating. Yeah, like, what's going to be your was, password? Yeah. Also, just the way that second story or the story with him was told, and you go to goes to that woman's house, but you nothing, you don't see anything. You just it, all you have to do is so much. It just so much work is done in your head. Interestingly, yeah. I read a, a letterboxed review of the movie. Or somebody complained like, "What? The guy just went there and unlocked a window. What happened?" And I was like, "Well, <laughs> I mean, he pretty clearly unlocked the window so that he could come in later." Yeah. Um, but uh, I was, you know, there's no. I guess no matter if you err on one side of, hey, this is sort of a uh, conservative storytelling. There will always be somebody like left on the other side of that judgment call. Well, and I think I like how Zach didn't. You know, like horror films can lean into horrific violence and violence against women and all that and use it for their own purposes. But I'm, I like that he, and also in the, you know, when Justin push, pushes the tape and sees like the horrific uh, example of a videotape that Frank has done, like they cut away, they don't show yep. anything. And yep. uh, I like that they did that. That was like respectful to the victims. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, other little things I noticed was uh, little mis- not misdirections, but uh, sort of skillful use of camera is like the first time she looks at her phone to fi- see the code for the door. I was like, oh, it does say 8331. Right. It but, says the right thing. But at the time when you would look for that, she gets a call from Marcus. Yeah. So your eye goes so, to that. Your so, eye. Me- yeah. It's like very smartly done of like, you could have noticed it, but you, you, there's yeah. a, there's a more important thing, which is this phone call. I have um, wondered uh, if people notice that right away or, or not. But, right. That it says, I mean, maybe if you're watching it on the second viewing, I don't think you notice it. And and it's also just like what we all sort of do too, where it's like the fuck. And they're like, Oh, I'm a number off. Uh, yeah. See, I think you would notice it if that, Marcus phone call didn't come in mm-hmm. uh, if it lingered on the screen that long. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that was purposeful misdirection. Like you said. Yeah. The other thing Zach I noticed was, uh, which, uh, if you talk to Zach or if we get Zach on the podcast, I will say that, uh, someone British made up the, uh, financial statements for his wealth manager. Oh, what, uh, what? Because it's their pounds. It says legal defense. It says legal defense with a C. <laughs> Defense um, with a C. Oh, who are yeah. you? I, mean, <laughs> I love that, that that you even noticed that. Well, maybe. Well, that's how much it costs for him to uh, legally defense his property. Oh, that's true. That's take true. the fences <laughs> off, so that costs some money. No. I'm oh wow! <laughs> wow, you too. But at the end, I did. uh, You know what? It's funny. Is at the end, I was like, "Hey, you know, Missy, this whole thing was, uh, you know, ninety nine percent of this was shot in Bulgaria." And Missy was just like, oh, of course. Which, of course. Sorry, I, I think Missy's more familiar with this idea of like traveling far to shoot 
more I have all, the furthest I went a lot to like 20 years ago we sh- I was in a the I was in Home Alone 4 I played mm-hmm. one of the bad guys um and it was like straight it was like ABC family night of the movies or something mm-hmm. um and we filmed in the it was set in Chicago but we were filmed it in Cape Town South Africa Oh, and wow. what was funny is that the house that they used, like there weren't any trees, like any normal trees. So they just stapled bark all the way up this pine, this uh, palm tree to a certain point that the camera was going to go to. Um, <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. So Matt, okay. what's your, um, like, uh, for, well, first of all, how are the audiences in San Diego? But also what's your relationship to the movie been like I've seen it eight times at this point? Um, the, in San Diego, it was fun because when I went to it in Poway, where my dad lives, um, there was this person, uh, at the box office and they like kind of looked at me and were like, uh, this is going to sound weird, but are you the mother? (laughs) (laughs) And they had like watched a Q and a or something. And so they knew what I looked like without all the rubber bits. Uh And, uh, I, I, I was like, yeah, how did you know that? And and they were like, what are you doing in Poway? <laughs> um, and then they gave me like, we were talking outside the theater afterwards and then they came out with like one of the big posters and and they're like, do you want this? Uh, we have a ton of them back there. And it's like, cool, I'll sign it and sell it on eBay. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, well, I'm, I was going to ask, and what, what what's it been like to see it that many times? I mean, yeah, I don't think so. I don't know, because this is my first time being in a movie. So I wonder, I think if I was in any old movie, I would see it a couple of times. But I think it's because I like it so much that I'm seeing it this many times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like watching Georgina and Justin and Bill's performances is very entertaining. I like watching what they're doing. They're, They're good at acting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> actually and... you know what like i'm really curious to uh i i kind of spent the this time the first third sort of just thinking like what is bill skarsgård doing in this weird he he really rides this line of nerdily charming but also unsettling a little bit like i'm like where is he from he has a slightly bizarre accent but like it's a, it's so effective for the movie because you're not sure is, is it, did he set this whole thing up? Did he like sort of lure someone into this Airbnb? But also is very charming. <laughs> um, I think uh, I think like yeah, Zach told him like just be nice, like don't lean into anything dark, you know. Um, and I think that's the great thing about casting Bill is like he comes with so much. He comes with the Skarsgård baggage and the Pennywise baggage of him playing it. And so everyone, as soon as he shows up at the door, everyone's like, oh, he's bad. I was reading um, in that same article, Ass Out article, which was so interesting <laughs> about like, I'm, ass- I'm just curious because um, you were saying that uh, the makeup was so intense. But the minute you started moving, obviously, it became harder for the makeup to you know hold up because you start running and stretching it and sweating. And so, so they had to do the close-ups first. Yeah. And especially my, especially my crotch, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that started to come undone the fastest as my, as I started to run around and stuff. Um, and then I also my fingernails, that. like my, as I was like crawling mm-hmm. my way through those uh, tunnels and stuff, my fingernails would always pop off and then make up people that to crawl along the ground and find them and then glue them back on and how much glue do we put on oh we put on too much and now we can't get them off at the end of the day (laughs) you know oh Oh, oh my god (laughs) yeah yeah how long did it take to get on and how long did it take to get off it was like the the first makeup tests were like five or six hours and then they got it down to three hours um by the end of it and it was like sometimes like five or six people all kind of working on me at the same time and then um it would take like an hour to get out of it. And then I would go home to the hotel and like shower for another hour. <laughs> just get, <laughs> getting what stuff they missed off. Yeah. How long were you in Bulgaria for this? Uh, for five weeks. But I only shot 12 days scattered throughout the five weeks. Um, wow. So, And I spent a lot of time on set. Like I, 
my first day shooting was Killing Bill, and then I had like eight days off. So I'm like, well, I've this is my first movie. I'm going to watch a movie be made. So I was they just let me be on set and let me watch uh, what they were shooting, and that was good because then I got to meet the cast just looking like me, looking like myself, and and um, yeah. and then and then make the uh, transformation. I remember the such first a- time the first time I saw Justin uh, in in makeup in as mother we were in the dark tunnels we were so we were already like in the dark and he had been brought in to shoot and then i like emerged and he was scared like he was scared (laughs) and then but also he was laughing he couldn't stop laughing he couldn't look me in the eye he kept looking down at my boobs and then laughing again and then he would look down at my crotch and then laugh again and he was just like i Oh, I don't like this movie anymore. I can we go back to the uh, fun comedy we were making about the rapist? <laughs> he dances um, such a great line, and going back and mm-hmm. forth, just yeah, isn't he great in this? He really is. He really just because you know he, you see him like really, especially the conversation he has with his mother after it happens, and then you kind of see him, you know, like, I have to make this right, only to then be like, uh, well, only one of us really has a chance to survive. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like, it are they going to redeem this guy? And then, uh, no, he's throwing someone off uh, yeah. in the next minute. <laughs> so It reminded I mean, me of uh, Barry, season, this past season of Barry, where I, I don't remember the exact details, but there's one moment where Bill Hader says, like, that's it. No more killing or, or like, I'm going to really turn a corner. I'm, I'm going to do things the right way. And the very next scene, he like kills somebody, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this one, he has this sort of heartfelt speech at the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I said, Missy, this conversation is going to end violently. Um, yeah, I, so- I think, which I appreciated. And I, I was like, the minute he's like, he is, she has never found me. Never. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> three, two. I just closed my eyes, like, and then, I mean, the and what's so astounding is that her her capability. Oh, and your teeth. Oh my Christ, the the teeth that you had. And now, when you were you talking, did you did you loop that stuff or did you? Yeah, that I think most of the sound the that they used, I think, was ADR. Um, I was okay. doing all the, except for like the big shrieks and screams, they weren't making me do that on set, but all of the like little stuff and all of the baby, all that stuff was on set. But then, <laughs> then I did like a five hour uh, ADR session where I lost my voice by the end of it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I bet. And, there, and go ahead. There is one when, when you, okay. When Georgina is down in the tunnel, sees Bill, and he's like, there's someone else in here with us. There's one sort of scream that you do right in there that when we watched it the first time, I was like, oh, that sounds like Matt. Like I, that, that's like, there, there's Matt. And because a lot of my first, the first time I saw it, I, a lot of my mental gymnastics was being scared, but also just being like, it's just Matt. Like, you don't have to be this scared. And it would work for like uh, two seconds and then I would be scared again. Um, yeah, I know this person, right? Yeah, I was imagining like, okay, this is Matt in a press, like he's in a get up, as we like to say, you know, like I can emotionally distance myself from it, but then like something it would that wouldn't it wouldn't last very long. <laughs> it, it did not serve to protect me as much as I wanted it to. <laughs> so, can I ask? Since this, I don't. We don't really know exactly what this podcast is, Matt. But like the idea of like going going into a part like this, obviously you're um, going in as to play a woman. Um, and did, did you know what it was? I mean, how much of how did you get to this particular version of Mother? I guess. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, as as far as prep goes, it was all the feral children research. And then also it was like Zach talked to me about the sound that she would make. And the, a funny thing, his first thing was, remember that viral video of that cat that talks that goes, 
old on piano. Oh, I, I, yeah. I don't know if you remember this video, but it's, this, I don't remember this. it's like this weird cat sound. And he was like, so obviously not that, but something just <laughs> off or different. And that made me, I was like, okay, what, what like sounds have I heard someone make? And then it, I remembered this Bjork album where she had this like Inuit throat singer in some of the tracks and they became tracks that I had to like skip because they were really terrifying to listen to. And it involved outward exertions and inward exertions. It was like this. Like it was. Oh my God. And so that was, that's what led me to like messing around with outward and inward, just trying to like break up my voice. So I don't know. So there are weird videos. I would like go drive my car around and make weird sounds. That's so funny. Would you send these videos to Zach and be like, hey, is this sort of the right direction kind of thing? I never sent him an audio thing, but I would send him like clips of the Inuit throat singer and be like, something something like this. He'd be like, yeah, great, great, great. Um, And then I would send him like, you know, YouTube clips of, um, you know, of the different uh, children that are now adults, um, you know, and that was just it was fascinating because they would describe them as two year olds in like a 20 year olds body or, um, it just, yeah, it just made the mother make a lot of sense. There was also one like very sad thing. Um, this like saint of a foster father was like, so, uh, so yeah, so she's, uh, she's food aggressive. So, uh, yeah, she can destroy a kitchen in two minutes. And then they cut to the, the, the fridge and there's a chain and a padlock around the fridge of this house. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's like a, that's like a horror movie almost, except it's real life. And it's very yeah. about this sad, real person that's been a victim. Um, so that was all the prep going in. Oh, and then there's physical stuff too. Uh, I lost 20 yeah. pounds. <laughs> Whoa, you didn't have 20 to lose. And I'm skinny. <laughs> and Like and not on also, purpose, just because you were probably sitting no, in a chair. and on purpose. Okay. Uh, so oh, okay. I, I had, I had gained, I had, I'd gained like a little, a little bit of a tum, you know, or whatever. I mean, <laughs> anyone, you know, everyone, I shouldn't even talk about this because uh, I have a very good metabolism. So, and I'm very blessed in that regard. And all I did was just stop actively working against it. You know, just like, yeah, don't eat pasta all the time and bagels, like enjoy a vegetable and exercise, right. you know? So <laughs> I shouldn't even talk about it because everyone's going to be like, screw you. <laughs> well, yeah. Also, oh Matt, Matt is quite tall in, in real estate. Yes. Eight. Six eight. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. In the script, they wanted mother to be seven feet tall, but I guess they settled for for six (laughs) eight. Yeah, I mean, they initially reached out to Shaquille O'Neal, and then Mm -hmm. they wanted slightly different, (laughs) slightly a little bit shorter. Um. So you, so you. So you lost twenty pounds to just sort of get back to where you were. It was. It wasn't like you, or did you want her to be gaunt and sort of well. I mean, I did know like she's living off a diet of rats, pretty much. Like you know, she is a large, naked, feral woman, so she shouldn't look well fed. Right. You know. I mean, I didn't. Like, she, it's not like I did the machinist or something. You know. <laughs> is she taking care of? Fr- I mean. Yeah. Who's taking so. care? Of- She's I think that's kidding. what the bell is. I think, you know, like, and yeah. why she's scared of going into that room. Um, yeah, I think she, and then I think that's why she comes out at night to scavenge and stuff. There was a, a cut scene. I don't know if you've uh, seen this in articles or whatever, but there was a cut scene after the breastfeeding scene with a good old Justin. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I grab Which a- Which was amazing. That bottle too, <laughs> that you bring down there with just- hair stuck to the nipple the giant cartoon bottle from like toontown i was (laughs) was like wow i didn't imagine a giant bottle but that's yeah pretty pretty gross and then it just naturally like got stuck to my hair so then it became a continuity thing like they liked the hair and then they're like what wait how much hair was on the last take we need to recreate it (laughs) um but yeah so after the breastfeeding um i mother uh grabs a rat and then bites the head off the rat and then chews it up and then spits it into AJ's mouth. And so 
I did that with Justin. I baby birded uh, bloody prosciutto oh, from my mouth into his open mouth oh, in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> and he could not have been nicer and more game. I was like, are you okay with this? And he's like, well, it's definitely the grossest thing. So we have to do it. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know if I want to see that scene, but I kind of uh, do. Now that I know it's prosciutto, I think. Yeah, yeah. That, but I mean, it's still being chewed from Matt's mouth into someone else's mouth. Yeah, well. Uh, but that's got to be on the, the when they do the Criterion Collection. Hopefully, it'll be this. on the Blu-ray or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so Matt, what what was it like about? Because sometimes on this podcast, we kind of talk about people's sort of journeys, um, from. Mm -hmm. You know, in their careers, and it's you know, in hindsight, you are, I believe, like fourth build, and it, it, this movie is tremendously good, and I think it will be um, a, a success. Like whatever, however you call it, I think most people will say that this movie was a success. Mm -hmm. um, but what's your thought process like when you're there and you're in a movie with? Bill Skarsgård and Georgina Campbell and Justin Long and you like you said it's your first time yeah what's your is there intimidation or is there like oh sure you know how did that feel yeah it felt exciting and scary and all of the things and all my imposter syndrome and all my inferiority complex <laughs> was like just blaring at a hundred and um and and then also just being intimidated by the bonkers things that I knew I would have to do in the script and not having any idea how I was going to do them. I'm like, how do I, what? I jump off a water tower. How do I do that? What? I like Kool-Aid man through a wall and then rip someone's arm off and beat them with it. How do I do that? Oh my God, that? that was the <laughs> sheer like strength, brute strength of mother. <laughs> This gigantic woman who just is really ultimately like just wants to be a mother. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all out of all the acts of violence are protective. Uh, uh, she just wants to protect Tess and they're all against yes. men. They're against all the men around Tess. Brilliant. <laughs> um, and, and Tess is so, I mean, she, every man around her is a fucking moron. I mean. Yep. Yep. Yeah. She has to they all ignore her good advice and then all of them. she they are all the reason that she is in the basements <laughs> the multiple times is because of them like if bill just listened to her instinct at the beginning or keith uh they would have been fine and keith would still be alive and who knows maybe they'd be dating now <laughs> the also, way that they did set that up it was brilliant because when he's like please help me you're like imagining the because they the movie is set up with them you know a, they end up in the same airbnb and it just is it, it's so perfectly done because you're like this is impossible but then it ends up like you're like oh and then they end up kind of really digging each other and like, you're like, I'm like, oh, please, they're not going to kiss, are they? And then of course, you know, and it's just, just so perfectly done. And so that when he's like, help me, please. And you see the look on her face. Yeah. yeah I don't know, think she would have um, gone down there if he wasn't like screaming for help. <laughs> the uh, for, first okay. of all, I, I do want to note that we also learned some good duvet techniques. Oh, yes. Um, second. Yeah, is that the move? I'm going to try it next time I do it for the duvet. Um, <laughs> then the other thing was that uh, um, the, I, the, the, him saying help at the bottom of the tunnel to me actually does feel sort of in conversation with other movies we've seen because I think if it was the first time you – there's something about the context. Like you were saying Zach told him to just be nice. But being nice in this context comes off as suspicious. So when he's mm -hmm. in the tunnel saying the help – even the way that the audio is like very tiny, like it seems like he's very far away. Yeah. It's we're sort of conditioned now to think like he's, he's luring her in. Like this is not sure. real. Yeah. He's lying. Um, Everything's been a lie. Yeah. And also I will say that is what you when think. he's early on, he says something like, well, I mean, what's uh, maybe I have a different phone number for the person who owns the house than you. Mm -hmm. It's uh, what do you have there? And he just goes like 303, which is like the area code, which you could figure right. out by like looking it up. And then he just kind of goes like one, five, two, yeah, 
Uh, five. Oh yeah, yeah we okay, got that's it. it. Like yeah. he, it's done in a way where I, the, when the first time seeing it, I was like, he didn't know the number. He was just like, yeah, <laughs> just. Yeah, exactly. I think I don't know this, but I think Zach probably made them do that because he didn't want to do the old five five five. Yeah, yeah. trick. So I. But it think also that's works why... as being a point of suspicion as well. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and and also, yeah, and him wonder... being like, "There's a convention in town." It's like, is there? You know. Yeah. Interesting that um, when she goes to have the interview, I expected that woman to say like, "Oh, there is." a convention or there isn't a convention and it's just right. never commented on at all. Mm-hmm. And also the idea that a convention would um, like book out all the rooms in Detroit. Oh, well, and also I, I, uh, it was a podcast that Zach did where they brought up. So he's established that he has a place to live. Like he, Yes. He lives with these uh, lion tamer people or whatever in right. some other part of town, and he's only here to scope out another part of town. So he could very easily just be like, oh, no, you take the place. I'm going to go back to my <laughs> friends, the lion tamers. <laughs> right. You know, So that's suspect, too. Yeah. Uh, I will also, say that the, the homeless guy is a guy that has that is giving her good advice from the beginning. Yes. Yes. Uh, and Missy, and he, Missy clocked right away that he was trying to help. Even when he was, hey, little girl, and get the out the only house. reason, the only reason is because of all the spoilers. Oh, well, <laughs> so how did you know that, you know, Missy? I, <laughs> yeah. So if, for for if, clarification, if Missy, known, Missy was kind of not going to see this movie if she, if she didn't know some of the plot elements. No, I would not have been able to physically stay in the movie. I would have been so full of anxiety, and and then I wouldn't sleep for two years. Yes. But if yeah. I know everything that's going to happen. And I still didn't know everything. And I kept being to Chris, what's going to happen? Is, is anybody going to get yes. Well, also, uh, we, yes, we're, Misty was weirdly fixated on when Justin Long was going to get bludgeoned. And I was kind of like, I don't think ever. He, he doesn't really get bludgeoned in the end. And then right. at one point, Missy, you said, is this when he dies? And it was like slightly louder than i was comfortable considering that we were around (laughs) other people in the theater yeah yeah you know what too bad spoilers and then at the the end another audience member asked us if we had worked on the movie i think because we were too loud loud. yeah probably (laughs) he was friendly though i think he recognized her from charlie and the chocolate factory stop it Um, i think then he was like and we were like yeah um we're like yeah we we know the mother yeah we were very proud yeah of course Um, uh, I mean, it's it's uh, it's like cool to see uh, people. I don't know, like, I, you know, this business seems so surreal to begin with that you know you never think that you can be one of the people like on the screen, and so when it happens to you, it's kind of it feels very surreal. I don't know if you're experiencing this, Matt, but like, it's also very gratifying to see your friends, you know, do it. Like, well. Thank you. Yeah, no, it is very surreal. And I'm just trying to, like, just take it all in. And also, I'm getting, like, a fraction of what, you know, of what Zach must be getting now. But, but yeah, all last week, like, my head just wasn't screwed on straight. Like, I, I was overwhelmed. I already have, like, an unhealthy social media habit. And then all of a sudden, like, all my social media is, like, being inundated with randos and... And then like, and people from like horror conventions are contacting me and all these things. And, and I, I, I'm like, just like attached to my phone. And I'm just like, yeah, people need to get used to having boundaries <laughs> that are in this position. Wait, so. I just realized you can basically work forever because you can do those conventions for the rest well, of your life. I was wondering, freelance <laughs> pretenders, is that something that either of you have done ever? Missy, aren't you doing a Galaxy Quest related thing at some point? Yeah, I've done a couple of them. And um, what do you think about them? I've really enjoyed myself. I've only done it a couple of times. And I did one, I did the uh, London Comic Con a few years ago Mm -hmm. uh, in like 2018, I think. And it was so much fun. And it's a little weird, you know, uh, because people come and. And it's funny because people are excited to meet you, you know, on some level, and it's really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and then uh, people are paying money to like come get an autograph, right? And there's sometimes there's a line of people, which is fun. And then 
that you know they pay to take their picture with you with like someone be like their their back will be shaking a little bit. You're just sort of like that is so crazy. They'll be a little nervous. Um, and and the so who was there? Oh, what's that guy's name? This actor from. Oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, oh, Benedict Cumberbatch was there. And there was like a, you could pay like 280 bucks and you could watch him talk and then you'd get to an autograph and you'd get a picture. And I mean, it was hundreds of, he must have made like, I don't know, $75,000 pounds, pounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. And just, and for a few hours, um, it's very sweet. But yeah, we're doing a Galaxy Quest kind of like, I think four of the aliens will be there, mm. and uh, the other and this guy Daryl Chill Mitchell, who played Young Laredo, is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're going to do that at the end of the month. It's a chiller festival, and yeah, it just kind of depends. There's a bunch of them out there, but I mean, um, chiller festival. It's got to be in your future, up oh, Matt. And also, I uh, will say, you could probably just hop on Cameo and get yourself a Cameo account at this point. Well, <laughs> so someone did reach out on Instagram, like, hey. Can we love the movie? Can you record a birthday video for my boyfriend? I'll pay yeah. you. And uh, I was like, man, does mother need to get a cameo going? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what that would be. Like, I'm not going to look like the mother. I'm going to look like yeah, me. That's, that's one of the issues for you is do you want to end up having like a three hour makeup session to do cameos? <laughs> no, no. But I could, you know, I could give him a little ba ba ba, you know? Yeah. Happy ba 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 birthday. doesn't want a little happy ba ba ba. Oh my God. She's just so, so sweet and so fucking scary. Mm-hmm. And so specific. I truly like, it's, it's just a, like, I am so blown away by what you, what you all did. And, and Zach, like, I know him as like the flight attendant from Rex, like this good looking. Yeah. Talented. Like funny guy. bro, dude. Just a funny dude. Just a super like funny, good looking bro. Yeah. And yeah. then this incredible you just it's so it was so unique. I've just never really seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, um you know, I will say that when I saw it the first time, mm-hmm. I in in the wine scene, I did have a flash through of, of a thought go through my head where I thought, Oh, this feels like audition, the uh Miyaki movie. Well, have you t- uh, heard him talk about that? Well, then someone else mentioned to me that that was a specific thing, but I, but I, no, I haven't. So like when I saw it, I was like, this feel, this has this soft, almost rom com feel to it that Audition has in its first third. Um, yeah, for sure. He lists that as like one of his main influences for the film, and like when I I I'm slightly horror squeamish myself, and <laughs> okay. I don't seek out horror movies on my own. So when I was on set, I was asking him. And like one of the producers from New Regency, who was really nice and who was a big horror fan, I was like, all right, what should I watch while I'm here? And Audition was one of them. And I was just in my hotel at night watching Audition. It was horrible. Oh, Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really good, but it's also excruciating. And I don't know. Part of me wonders if I can watch it again with a little more distance. But Well, you uh, know, I I think that actually this movie achieved some of because I saw Audition at like an Asian film festival in New York City in the theater sight unseen not knowing who the director was not knowing Mm -hmm. what the story was and audition audition is even more of a misdirect than this because the first third of it genuinely feels like is this just like a kind of sentimental sweet rom-com asian movie like what's going on but i but i did have that flash like while i was watching it and then i matt i think i told you this when we saw it the the second two-thirds of it do kind of feel like what I thought Parasite was going to turn into. Um, and there's a, th- one of the, I mean, I was, this is, I think part of the reason why I've been telling people to see this, but specifically like cinema fans to see this movie is that the formalism and the composition and just the craft of, including like the incredible score is mm-hmm. so oh, top notch yeah. that it, like that element reminded me of Parasite as well, just in terms of, his control of the camera is astounding. Yeah, I think that's why I like rewatching and rewatching it too, because I'll notice things and like the DP Zach Cooperstein and and Zach Gregor, the two of them just like, yeah, they made beautiful shots and they committed to it on set. They were shooting with one camera and they were doing those moves, and the producer was nervous because it was a first time you know deal, and 
you know, you kind of, you paint yourself into a corner by just shooting with one camera. And, but uh, like, yeah, one thing I noticed is like they had anytime anyone entered a door, they would have the actor pause and then enter. So like anytime Georgina, like when she first enters the place, uh, the front door, when she first enters the first sub basement and then the second sub basement. Uh And then also like even Bill, when he first goes in the basement, he like stops and then goes in. And then Justin too, when he first goes into Frank's place, he like, they hold on him holding the doorknob and then he goes in. And I was like, that's like, that's an intentional thing that you use to create suspense and like to create a moment. And you told all the actors to do that. You had that idea before shooting. That's yeah. good. Good job, filmmakers. Yeah. Yes, I. That was. It was so because it was so clear that they were making the decision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to that go would have consequences. In. Yeah, Huge I, consequences. I noticed some uh, in the in the upper floor of the Airbnb. There were some shots that were this time. I noticed like there was like oh this this perspective is little higher than it normally would be like we're kind of it's it's like i think it's justin long walking through the hall or something where the camera's like like i don't know what it's meant to think but it's off-putting because it's like wait this camera's kind of looking down at him slightly Hmm. Uh, or when she walks to the interview through the like big corporate building the -hmm. main shot of her walking through the courtyard is almost like vertically like down on top of her yeah, bird's eye view. Um, yeah, yeah, where these kind of like unsaid. But now, you know, I, I if I was doing a film studies essay, I could probably thread these all into being like this is mother's perspective uh, looking on uh, children. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I would I, get a yeah. B minus for that paper. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want the. I want a PhD uh, dissertation done on my uh, on my boobs. No, well, the other thing I would say is I realized because, um, you know, I have I heard your explanation. And also, um, I think Zach Kreger has mentioned that the uh, the name is not anything specifically thematic. Um, but I did realize that the word barbarian is almost an anagram for Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's talked about. Yeah, like his glib answer at Q&A's has been like, well, the document needed to be saved and it was called untitled, so I just typed in barbarian. Um, but then, like, people have come to him with all these meanings. Like, he's read all the YouTube comments and been like, I named it seven or a 476 Barbary, and 476, 476 is the year that Rome fell to the barbarians. <laughs> and yeah, right. and they, they brought up barbarian as kind of a weird anagram of Airbnb. Also, one thing he like told me recently he was like someone was saying how the word barbarian was is like an onomatopoeia making fun of the i don't know the gauls or something i don't know like these savage that they were like perceived as savages perceived as monosyllabic like bar 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 like so it's like making fun of them it's a pejorative and then what does mother say the whole time is Bob, 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 Bob. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. So he's just like, he, he talks about writing it kind of from a subconscious place and like not outlined. He didn't outline anything and just kind of wrote and let his fingers do the, and just follow oh, his fingers. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. And then, so like, but he's happy to talk about all the, all the multiple layers and meanings and stuff, even if he didn't intend it. Because <laughs> he's like, it was probably there somewhere. Yeah. Um, I I've noticed that too sometimes, and just things that I write or a song mm. that I write, like at some like I don't think there's anything intentional, and then it kind of pops, and I'm like, oh, and then I think like we all are kind of existing with our consciousness and our subconsciousness, and at the same time, so I feel like that can actually be uh, intentional in a way that you don't even know. Yeah. Well, like I you do know. I think this That's movie. Different definitely is a movie that you could pull some interesting thoughts from about motherhood and the relationship of women to toxic masculinity and that kind of stuff. But I would actually be surprised or maybe not even specifically interested if, if Zach Kreger was like, Oh, this is, this means X, Y, Z. Like this is the exact thing I'm trying to say about being a mother or this is the kind of thing. And so I think some of that, um, 
what stuff welling up from the unconscious is an expression of like it's kind of about these things but like i think for everybody it might be it, it will feel different you know my main takeaway from the mother is the protectiveness and the viciousness of the protectiveness um but i don't know that i could like articulate like uh this is a, this is what it means and I, I i'm saying that in a good way because i think then it's sort of a deeper sort of more fun thing to talk about with the other people that have seen it yeah, I mean, if you think about like what a bear does, she—if you get between her cub, I mean, she—you know—they're—they're if—if they'll try mm-hmm. to keep their cub, you know, they run away from you. But if you got in between the cub, it's like, well, now I gotta kill you. Although I am yeah. curious if Justin had taken the bottle. I'm curious if Justin had taken the bottle if he could have become another baby. And I'm—I right. actually, actually this time around, I was curious why she immediately kills. Uh, key. Um, yeah, that was something like uh, originally it was Tess screams in fear and then and then the mother screams back. Whereas now it's like the mother screams at Tess and it looks very aggressive towards Tess. Um, as opposed to if it was the other way around, it would look more like a, a reaction of fear or that kind of thing. But right. I think also the moment before the mother kills Keith. Um, Keith is like pulling at Tess. Oh, that's and like, right. He's saying like, you know, you gotta, you gotta stay down here. You don't go. Yeah, that way. it's kind of like it's a it's a little bit of a like a violent moment, it, or it could be perceived that way by gotcha. you know the mother. Uh, I also um, noticed this time that uh, first time around, I was not clear why Frank killed himself. Mm. Uh, but this time he specifically like starts to look for the gun when AJ is saying like, Oh, they're going to the cops come. will be everywhere. Yeah. Like, so that oh, was, right. that was a, I noticed that was a thing. I, I think even you or someone, as, even someone else we saw the movie with the first time said, Oh, oh it's cause of the cops thing. But this time yeah. I was like, Oh, it is specifically the cops are mentioned and his eyes go towards the table that has. Yeah. You see it. his eyes like dart around a little bit. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the jig is up. Also- just mind-bending that the cops do actually come yeah and they treat tess like she's a fucking crackhead yeah. you know just yeah and it's 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 so just it, it's such an interesting thing about what like, what's happened in detroit but also like if you're a person of color and <laughs> and your shirt's torn your shirt's it? torn and you looked I mean they're just like you fucking loon and, and also just like the state of that city in Detroit like what's happened there sort of what's happened everywhere or specifically there and like she is literally like this is that was interesting that was interesting too because she was still very um like she was speaking in a way that you kind of wanted the cops to be like like listen to how she's talking like she's She's talking in a way that doesn't match what you are projecting onto her. Uh, but it kind of just didn't really matter. Uh, yeah. Matt, I have two little questions for you. In the uh, When you're shown like reaching out through the basement window, mm-hmm. um, oh. was that actually, were you actually in that position or is that like sort of matted in from something else? Like in other words, no, could you actually, actually stand there? there? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that was so the interior of the house was on a soundstage, but the exterior was, you know, on a field in Bulgaria where they built 13 houses to look like this rundown street. And so on the so the interior of the exterior house, they also built a pit. Um, They like dug a pit to have access to that window, that little window on the ground there. Um, Also, one of the funnier shots is when... um Tess first looks out that window. Yeah, it's I know. Just, it's just comedic. <laughs> I know. That's a funny comedic cutaway. Uh, and then my mm-hmm. second question, my this will be my last question, Matt, which is along that process of like, you're this is your first movie, you're going to Bulgaria, you're not sure how this stuff is going to work. Is it, When along this process, did you ever or did you ever allow yourself to think like, this might be really good? Um, well, I think, I mean, I think like once I, I mean, once he told me who the cast was, I was like, whoa, this is very exciting. This is very exciting. I've been a fan of Justin Long's 
since Galaxy Quest, you know, <laughs> and like Ed. And um, I've just been such a fan of his. And so, um, and the script was so bonkers that I just knew it would be an experience and it would be wild. I don't know. But yeah, I just had no concept. I had no objectivity um, about it. Uh, you were it really such- wasn't. It honestly wasn't until the Rotten Tomatoes scores came out that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, other people like it. Cool. I knew you I liked also, it. I mean, you're, the linchpin of the movie is, is your character. Like, it doesn't matter how great everybody else is. Like, it does. Obviously, it's very important. But your character has to be – it has to work, you know? And, yeah. and, and it's so – it's it's and it's also like what is this thing and it just it it she's she's terrifying but also heartbreaking and you feel really fucking sad like when she falls and you bullet down there i mean (laughs) did you get there before her i mean what there's a cut scene there was a cut uh shot of of me kind of catching up with her and catching her and like spinning around in the air but uh, that like called attention to the physics problems about all of that, right. and right. so that was actually that was actually a suggestion from Zach Krager's friend Jordan Peele uh, to like cut that and just kind of not point at the physics problem, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. just kind of let it happen. Yeah. Um, That's a great idea. But yeah. yeah, also two great examples of how I think some of the precision that goes into making comedy is extremely applicable to making horror as well. Oh, for sure. They're all about surprise. So much surprise, but also like setting things up in a, in a way that they pay off and just timing as well. Mm -hmm. It's so well done. Well, congratulations. And I hope that this opens a bazillion doors for you and obviously already has that I'm just so excited and, to see where you end up and uh, enjoy this ride, man. This is so cool. And also we're well, going to try to get... I can't believe I just said enjoy the ride, man. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the ride, man. But, but we I want, really meant it. We want this to become a <laughs> franchise and we want Missy to get into it somehow. Missy, get yeah, I think we want Chris to get into it somehow. Oh, I mean, of course. I would, I'm happy to play, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to play like the new wealth manager for Justin Long's oh. estate. And, you know, he has to go close up some of the other Detroit properties. I'm happy to do that. Right. So neither one of you want to get in prosthetics and be like mother's mother or something? Oh, I would. I would be. I would absolutely. (laughs) Wait, but Missy can be mother's mother and I'll be. um, Mother's uh, father. Well, yeah, like Frank brought me in to. (laughs) Once his dick stopped working, he brought in. That's right. Brought me in. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Well, Matt, that. Matt Thank thanks for, yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for no, having. No, me. I know, you know, we try to get a little dick talk in there at some point. That's uh, right. And uh, what? Uh, where should we follow you, Matt? What should we? How should we keep up with you? And do you want to plug um, any shows you have coming up? I, yeah, you know, on Instagram, you know, uh, Matthew Patrick <laughs> Davis. Uh, my YouTube, Matthew Patrick Davis. Uh, uh, I wrote a kid's song, uh, a kid's album of songs about dogs called I Love My Dog. It's on the Yoto music player if you have kids. Amazing. So that's just a funny thing, you know? That's what I was doing while I was watching feral video, uh, children and, and preparing to go play a large naked feral woman. I was writing Amazing. kid songs. Yes. I wrote a song about dogs. I wrote you a did? Song called, yeah, dogs. Was it about your dog? Yes. Well, it's called Dogs Are Great. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I do like want to say I do want to say that Matt is an incredible uh musical theater performer as well and and songwriter and composer and uh he was in my production of uh Voldemort and the Teenage Hogwarts musical parody as Dumbledore. Oh, yeah, that. I got to go to Edinburgh. I got to go to Edinburgh. Wonderful. Was that recently? That was 3 4 A years, years ago. ago. 2018. Yeah. And uh so but if you go to his YouTube channel, he's also got a lot of uh very good and funny songs about uh uh what's the one called what's it, the one called about the alt right? That one. Oh. Yeah, I mean the the yeah, I have some political ones, but that just like now I'm exhausted by even the concept. <laughs> well, I love but, it. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> thank it's, you. Uh, 
It's high quality but yeah, that craft was, uh, in my Back opinion. in 2016, something happened, and then I wrote a song about it. And then it. you kind of lost some of the verve for <laughs> all of this stuff. It just became too sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, pretty, it's gotten sad. And, every, and it became like a, a machine, you know, a comedy. Just everyone did it, you know, and it's like, well, everyone's doing it. And then Matt was like, I'm going to Bulgaria. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Matt, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yes. Thanks for uh, having go me. Go see Barbarian in the theater. <sighs> and go. I, I do recommend seeing it in the theater with uh, very the little information. Although, I guess if you, I guess if you've listened to this, yeah, if you've listened to this podcast, but, then you're uh, yeah. Well, go well, see it again. See it again. I, I, it really does yeah. hold up uh, to oh, a second yeah. viewing. I I could probably even go and see it again. I maybe I'll do that because I do want to see you coming running out in the beginning. I I was a little too scared for that. You would put yourself through that again. I don't know. Maybe I'll wait till it comes on out. <laughs> I mean, show it to your child, to your family, to your yeah, sister. Kids. Yeah. We are going to listen to your, um, your, your songs about dogs. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Excited. Great. Uh, all right, Missy, we did it again. All right. Bye, friends. We did, did it. it. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. You've been listening to Freelance Pretend with your co-hosts, Missy Pyle and Chris Grace. The show is produced by Chris Grace and edited by Eric Michaud. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash freelance pretend or send us an email at freelancepretend at gmail.com. Music from artlist.io. See you next time.